guys would watch like porn porn this way like you know, like <laughs> yeah they would just hear it and they would just have to imagine and you could all but if you use your imagination you could make out what was going on kind of yeah but with porn it would just sound like uh 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 like right like yeah i don't know what that sound is and then you know the <laughs> but like sweet yeah <laughs> that's us doing porn stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goes. What's up? Hello. What's up? So we took a week off last week. We did. It was a nice break. <laughs> I just told everybody we were getting divorced. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this podcast going south. It's like it's over. No more couple goals. No more. It's done. Yeah, we took a week off. We did like 90 weeks in a row and we were like, you know what? Everyone else does like 20. <laughs> yeah, so all take, you know, it was... Uh, what happened last weekend? I know I was busy. My computer took a giant oh, shit. Oh, that's right. That was bad. And then I was I was over at Mark's almost all weekend too. Mm -hmm. So it was just it just didn't work out last week. Yeah, my computer was like, "Hey, wouldn't it be nice if I fucking broke?" Yeah, it didn't break. Yeah, because I'm a genius and I know how to fix things, so I fixed it. But it broke in the meantime. Oh, look who's a know it all now. <laughs> look at not so much yeah look at not so much yeah you're a know-it-all anyway what's up what so is it's up? been two weeks since we've talked to you folks do you miss us so much i bet they did I'm we did put up our one of my favorite episodes which was going into robocop which it, over time i think that might be my i think that's supplanting ghostbusters is my favorite movie it's definitely the best movie ever made i mean i don't think anybody would argue matt that that's just a fact it's just science mm. robocop is a perfect movie mm. it is the standard weird yeah i'm um, pretty sure in, in film lit classes they're teaching that instead of citizen kane or casablanca i think it's just robocop now they uh, makes sense. teach tootsie in all the screenwriting classes oh i've never seen tootsie I should probably see that. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Do that. People are fond of that movie. Yeah, it's because it's a perfectly written screenplay. Is it? Yeah. Well, so it was until RoboCop came along, and that's what defined perfection. There's not an ounce of fat on that movie, Meg. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> there it is. So, yeah, bring it around back. Yeah, and that's uh, that's pretty much what's been going on for the last two weeks. Yeah, we had some technical difficulties, and that really set you behind in your work. Yeah, it it and everything really just kind of snowballed, so we didn't get any Patreon stuff going. Yeah, I had to and refund the Patreon patrons, and then I was busy working on the YouTube show that I'm doing with Mark that we're hoping to launch soon. And then I got sucked into doing their graphics because. I can't stand when you didn't like what we had. I can't stand when I see subpar graphics. Yeah. And you just you're just like, here, take this. And we're like, OK, well, see, we got a really cool. We got a really cool logo now. What I have Maggie. What I have was like, I I charge a fair amount 
a fair and by fair i mean a lot but also fair yeah. like you know it's it's time so i charge a fair amount but this is also my husband so i'm not going to be like <laughs> you owe me money um so i when just I, put out that's yeah. how i pay for things so when i saw his when I saw that all they did was choose a font and put up two letters R, I was like, ooh. It's called Rawhead Reviews. Yeah. In case you were wondering. So when I was like, I'm not comfortable with this, I was like, I'm going to go ahead and do something different here. And I, so that took up some of my time too, once my computer did come back up. <laughs> I did not ask her to do that though. She just saw... What we had, she wants me to be successful. Yeah. She came up with this cool design. Hey, man. And if you want to see it, you get, we're at Rawhead Reviews on Instagram and Facebook and all the and YouTube and all. So I've been I've been putting the logo different places. When I saw, like, you know, we share a last name, man. You can't go out there <laughs> with, like, two R's and be like, sold. Like, nah. Well, we're, we're more focused on the actual content. No, and I get really, that. We really appreciate the the logo everybody likes the logo yeah and now i just gotta do the the long ways one for our facebook banner and stuff and like by that. he's gotta do he, i'll do it he you just gotta give me the font he, i can do it he genuinely means that okay so let me start off by saying he genuinely means that he will do it yeah so here's what happens he opens up photoshop on the laptop and he starts doing stuff then he asks me how to do things. And I haven't used I Photoshop am... since Photoshop 7 was the last Photoshop I was able to navigate really well. So we're talking about 15 years. I remember that GIF 15? I made. I don't, I don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? That was early work, man. That was early 2000s. I was new to, I had never even owned a computer. I'm still proud of that GIF I made. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You're not going to tell them what the GIF is? It was, it's not safe for work. <laughs> oh. Steve, you could ask me about it later. Just remind me. We had a webcam. <laughs> anyway. I didn't know we had a webcam. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So he tries really hard and then but I'm a really bad teacher when it comes to like apps and stuff like I can teach concepts really well, but concrete things I'm not good at teaching. So when you ask me how to do something, I have to I have to open up the app to, to tell you how to do it. Yeah. So then he'll be like, how do I blah, 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 blah. And then I find myself opening Photoshop on, on my iMac to tell him how to do something. And then it's a nightmare and it's like, I'll just do it. So that's what he means when he says I need to create a But I can do it. I'll I'll figure it out, but I need the I need the lo the logo and the font in the correct way, but I could lay it out real quick and just get it up there. It's cuz we still have the old one that you don't like. Oh, that's what we have right now. We still have the old kind of Friday the 13th style uh font up there. Well, that's not acceptable. Hey, I I got to take Crowley out. Guys, I, I gotta pause it for a second. I'll, I'll be right back. You, you won't notice though. I'll, I'll be back like instantly on oh, your Oh, the magic of editing. And we're back. See? Yep. Blink of an eye. Magic. The gathering. Editing. <laughs> no, not the game. <laughs> like, let's play. So, yeah, I mean, with two weeks off, anything else exciting happen that we should <laughs> share? 
Yeah, the uh, impeachment hearing is going to be public. What? 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 Cannot is wait. That, is that not normal? I don't really know much about impeachment. It was hearings. when it was introduced. It was supposed to be behind closed doors, and oh, like now the whole process? it's gonna be public. Cannot oh, no, wait. This, I feel like this is so gonna be like excited. when OJ, the OJ Simpson thing, where just everybody watches it and talks about it nonstop. <laughs> yeah, me for one. Yeah, but no. Uh, I don't. This is gonna go nowhere. They're, this, they they are literally. They could introduce live footage of him raping a baby and he'd still have 50% of the country support. They'd, they'd, they'd be right behind him. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> he, he didn't. <laughs> I don't believe, I don't, nobody yeah. believes that. It's just funny to me that some people think it was the Clintons, you know, the, the guy mm-hmm. who couldn't even get away with getting a blow job, but he's going to get away with murder somehow. I think the more obvious thing is just, it's any number of people coming together even. Yeah, almost Illuminati style and and saying we need to get rid of this guy because he's going to roll over on all us motherfuckers. And we've all been touching little girls and boys. (sighs) Yeah, a lot lot of people are going to go down with that. Basically, that was going to open up a can of worms. So a lot of people had motive to kill that guy and possibly Bill Clinton. Who knows? You know, he could. I I just don't think he I don't think the Clintons would acted alone on that. I'll say that. Because I'm not some staunch Clinton supporter either. And he did have ties to Epstein. So who the fuck knows? From what I can tell, everybody did. Right. Except and you that's and the I. thing. There's a lot of people that had stuff to lose in that. So, yeah, he, yeah I think that. But at the same time, it, it's it's a funny meme. The Epstein, like yeah. uh, There's a video clip of that guy on Fox News who was talking about canine units in the military. And at the end, he wrapped it up by saying, and Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's kind of funny, but it's also like, yeah, I don't, does anybody think he killed himself? Right. You know what I mean? Does anybody that left ang- or right? That angle? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing. Of course, I'm getting Kate Spade killed herself, like, from her doorknob. It's like, what the fuck is hanging? What's going on with your doorknob? Yeah. Like, wow, my doorknobs don't work like that. That's man, yeah. Like, I'm not even positive they would work for pulling out a tooth. Yeah, they, they could. You just have to. It'd probably be like a slow death. Because just you, you just you have to be really determined. Yeah. I'm not positive. You have okay. to get into a certain state with some. Anyway. Some drugs or or whatever. All right. So you want to go first? Sure. Or do you want? Oh, I usually go first, and then. No, no, you don't, actually. Oh, I have no... It's been two weeks. I have no idea what the <laughs> format like never of go our first. podcast is. <laughs> that like... is true. That's what she said. Yeah. But I'm bummed. So... That's also just a good tip, too. That's couple goals. That is couple goals. <laughs> he <laughs> never goes guys, first. Guys, don't go first. Bad. That is the secret to, like... 17 years unless it's an emergency situation Un- unless, and you're really backed up and you you know the cum blocks are gonna you know that's not a thing if you get cum blocks it leads to thing. cancer no, so not. sometimes no. there are emergency scenarios mm. where you know it's it's just it's for medical it's like medical relief mm. you know you're, you're doing it's a it's a thing mm-hmm. so psa okay first of all let's dissect that <laughs> not a thing Come blocks are very real. No. It's like when Second. people deny blue balls. Blue balls is real, too. I've had blue balls. 
Blue balls is, blue balls are. <laughs> I'm saying the condition, blue balls is real. Okay, the condition is real. Yeah. Got it. So my topic this week. <laughs> I thought we were dissecting that. Okay. I decided not to. Okay. I decided I don't want to talk about it. Lee Jun Fan. You know who that is? I don't know what you just said. Lee Jun Fan. Oh, I thought you said Legion, like the word no. Legion. No. Okay. Do you know who that is? Because I just saw Terminator and they talked about Legion. Anyway, no. He's known professionally or was known professionally as Bruce Lee. What? He was a Hong Kong American actor, director, martial artist, and martial arts instructor and philosopher. And if you believe the t-shirts, he was also a DJ. All right. So he was the founder of Jeet Kune Do. I do know that. Which is obviously a hybrid, obviously, dummy. Hybrid martial art combining like Shaolin or Wushu Kung Fu. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit, motherfucker. Calm oh, down. Okay, sorry. Like, I like, I like this topic. You, know, like, you want to swap this. topics? I like this one. This is good shit. And he's also often credited as paving the way for modern mixed martial arts. So he was born the son of Cantonese opera star Lee who this is going to be bad. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Asian. Maybe don't do listeners. his genealogy then. So anyway, Lee, the guy, this person <laughs> was born in Chinatown area of San Francisco, California on November 27th. Day before your birthday. Yeah. But 1940 to parents from Hong Kong. And he was raised in Hong Kong, though. Oh, so he was born in San Francisco and then was like, All right, I'm going to head out. And he was introduced to the film industry by his father, and he appeared in several films as a child actor. Oh. He moved back to the United States at age 18 to receive his higher education from the University of Washington in Seattle, where he studied the dramatic arts, philosophy, psychology, and various other subjects. So despite what he himself has actually have actually stated and others have actually stated, his declared major was drama. Okay. So he's trying to be an actor. Right. But he stated he he was majoring in philosophy. Oh. No. So he soon met his future wife, Linda Emery. And she was a fellow student who was studying to become a teacher. And he married her in August of 64. They had two children, Brandon and Shannon Lee. Lee began teaching martial arts in the United States in 1959. He called what he taught. Jun Fan Kung Gung Fu, Fu, which is literally in English, Bruce Lee's Kung Fu. Oh, okay. And he opened his first martial arts studio named Lee Jun Fan Gung Fu Institute in Seattle. He dropped out of college in early 64 and moved to Oakland to live with James Yim Lee. No relation. James Lee was 20 years older than Bruce Lee, and he was a well-known Chinese martial artist in the area. Together, they founded the second Fan Martial Arts Studio in Oakland. James Lee was also responsible for introducing Bruce Lee to Ed Parker, who is an American martial artist and organizer of the Long Beach International Karate Championships, where Bruce Lee was later rediscovered by Hollywood. Hmm. At the invitation of Ed Parker, Lee appeared in the 1964 Long Beach International Karate and Championships and performed the repetitions of the two finger push-ups. So that's using the 
thumb and the index finger on one hand with feet approximately shoulder width apart. Yeah, I've seen yeah. him do that. Yeah, he did like repetitions of that. Yeah. I do lady push-ups. Just so we're... <laughs> I on do too. <laughs> where, you know, the ones you where tell. you do them on the knees. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do. Meanwhile, he's like, oh, no, this is fine. I actually don't do any push-ups. <laughs> right, well, me neither. But the one time I did... In the same Long Beach event, he also performed the one-inch punch. Yeah. So, Sean obviously knows what that is, but for everybody else, Lee stood upright, his right foot forward with knees bent slightly in front of a standing stationary partner. So his right arm was partly extended, and his right fist was approximately one inch away from his partner's chest. Without retracting his right arm, he forcibly delivered the punch into the volunteer. His volunteer was Bob Baker. So he he forcibly delivered the punch into volunteer Bob Baker while largely maintaining his posture. So he sent Baker flying backwards into a chair, which was placed behind Baker to prevent injury. But Baker's momentum sent him falling to the floor, like off the chair onto the floor. Hmm. And Baker is quoted as saying, I told Bruce not to do this type of demonstration again, because when he punched me that time, I had to stay home from work because the pain in my chest was unbearable. Oof. Yeah. So in Oakland's Chinatown in 1964, Lee had a controversial private match with Wong Jack Man. Yes. So it, that was a direct student of Mao. They've made movies Kin. about this fight. Yeah. Mao Kin Fun. King Kin Fung, known for his mastery of um, something that starts with an X. <laughs> Shaolin? No. How's it spelled? Zing Ying Quan, Northern Those Shaolin. Those aren't letters. <laughs> X-I-N-G-Y-I-Q. Xiaoyu. Xiaoyu. Oh, wait, no. Say it again. No, the Xiaoyu is X-I-A-O. What did you say? X-I-N-G-Y-I-Q-U. Chen. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's Northern Shaolin. Okay. And Tai Chi Shouan. Okay. According to Lee, the Chinese community issued an ultimatum to him to stop teaching non-Chinese people. When he refused to comply, he was challenged to, com to a combat match with Wong. The arrangement was that if Lee lost... He would have to shut down his school. Well, if he won, he would be free to teach white people or anyone else. Yeah. The, which is like, that's so, so racist. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is so well, racist was, against white people. It was the people. 60s. And also, yeah, you're always allowed. It's you're allowed to be 100 percent racist against white people at all times. That's fine. It's so weird. So Wong denied this, stating that he requested to fight Lee after Lee boasted during one of his demonstrations at a Chinatown theater that he could beat anyone in San Francisco and that Wong himself did not discriminate against whites or any other non-Chinese people. Hmm. Lee commented that, uh, this is a quote, that that paper had the names of Chifu from Chinatown, but they don't scare me. Hmm. I don't know what Chifu is, but I took the quote anyway, because I was like, maybe C somebody knows. S-I-F-U or no? Yeah. But okay. when, Sifu. but Sifu, but when I, when I clicked on it, cause it was a link in Wikipedia. Yeah. It said Sifu or Shifu. Oh, okay. And it, said I, it was the same Sifu word. Is, it just, it means like master. Oh, okay. 
Individuals known to have witnessed the match include Cadwell, James Lee. So I go into who these people are later. Um, Cadwell, James Lee, and William Chen, a teacher of Tai Chi Chuan. Wong and Lee and William Chen state that the fight lasted an unusually long 20 to 25 minutes. Wong claims that although he had originally expected a serious and polite bout, Lee aggressively attacked him with the intent to kill. Hmm. Right. That seems but a, excessive. But according to Bruce Lee, Linda Lee Cadwell, and James Lee, yeah. the fight lasted three minutes and was a decisive victory for Lee. In Cadwell's account, the fight, the fight in this is a quote. The fight ensued. It was no holds barred fight, and it took three minutes. Bruce got this guy down on the ground and said, "Do you give up?" And the man said he gave up. Hmm. Yeah. And then so, who gave the other account? The 25, 30 minute account. The the guy the was opponent. fighting the opponent himself. Okay. Mm hmm. So and then that account, the three minute account, is his wife. Yeah, Bruce he said she said kind of thing. Yep. A couple of minutes after the bout, Lee gave an interview claiming that he had defeated an unnamed challenger, which Wong says was an obvious reference to him. In response, Wong published his own account of the fight in the Chinese Pacific Weekly, a Chinese language newspaper in San Francisco, with an invitation to a public rematch if Lee was, Lee was not satisfied with the account. Lee did not respond to the invitation, despite his reputation for violently responding to every provocation. Hmm. And there were no further public announcements by either, although Lee continued to teach white people. So about that, though, doesn't that remind you of the Seinfeld episode where Jerry's like, I will not race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when Jerry, that's what that reminds me of. <laughs> So from there, he went on to so did, form. But Wong didn't admit defeat. He Wong just said he says, was attacked aggressively or that he won or what's the deal? Yeah, he says that they had a had a polite bout. He says that he lost. I mean, he's a, he's a, he acknowledges. Oh, OK, he does say that. Yeah, he uh, acknowledges okay. that he lost, but he says that it was a it was a fair 25 minute bout. OK. Oh, like, so he's just saying that he didn't go down like a bitch. basically. Yeah, yeah he's like you. Calling me a bitch? I'm not a bitch. Like, it was a fair bout. <laughs> You're a bitch, bitch. Right. And, and he's like, no, man, I took you out in three minutes. Like, you're yeah. a bitch. <laughs> like, you can't stand up to me. Well, here's something, and I don't, if you're going to cover this, I'm sorry, but something that, uh, the, one of the, one of the things I know about Bruce Lee is that he was not, you, you didn't see him fight competitively. It's not so, so, so he, he worked with like Chuck Norris, right? Mm -hmm. just ultimate white guy fighter karate man chuck norris now um they work together in movies but uh chuck norris was always he fought in tournaments though so martial artists had more respect for for chuck or for chuck norris than they did for bruce lee because he would actually fight people and right, bruce like lee wouldn't did yeah bruce lee was out there doing you know demonstrations one inch punch and, and the that kind of stuff there's like Almost no footage of him ever engaging in an actual fight. It's all. And yeah. so that's that's just interesting to me. And then that's not to say anything bad about Bruce Lee. Everybody loves Bruce Lee, especially his contributions to uh, Kung Fu cinema and just kind of the creation of that genre in, in America, basically. Uh, 
but yeah, I learned over the, cause I was big into martial arts back then. And you know, I would read in the magazines that like actual martial artists were more into, you know, if they were going to look up to somebody, it was more somebody like Chuck Norris, who was putting the stuff into practice and, and not. Um, well, see, and like he was putting stuff into practice, but only. I mean, he like was teaching the, and I'm not. And, yeah. And Jeet Kune Do was legit. You know, it was cool well, because it was it combined, you know, Kung Fu, but then he ex- expanded on it. Right. So. And that's what that, that's what I'm about to go into, but just barely. So Jeet Kune Do originated originated in 67 and he emphasized what he called the style of no style. Yep. Like water. Yep. And he believed it to be the best. De- the best offense is a strong offense. So it seeks to be economical in time and movement, teaching the simplest things working best, such as in Wing Chun. Wing Chun. Wing Chun. Kung Fu, yeah. I don't know if that is. Yeah. Economy of motion That's is what I was saying Wushu, but yeah, Wing Chun is actually, the, I think, the, the style that he came out of. Anyway, the economy of motion is the principle by which Jeet Kune Do practitioners achieve efficiency and attack which and this is all I'm covering on this part, and then we're going to go into the next thing. An attack which r- reaches its target in the least amount of time with maximum force, directness, doing what comes naturally in a disciplined way, and simplicity, thinking in an uncomplicated manner without ornamentation. And that is is what you were talking about when you said like MMA, you know, mm-hmm. mixed martial arts, that common, instead of having these really rigid, almost dance-like structures to what you're doing... It, like you said, it's about economy of movement, practicality. And, well, and I went and I was reading about why he's considered that. And I don't have this in here because I was just like, it's not that exciting. Yeah. But out of that and it had a lot to do with like nutrition and things like that. Because oh, okay. he was really big in nutrition. And I yeah, didn't cover clearly. that too. Dude, I like what? Like He was 141 pounds at five foot eight. Wow. And he had like no fat on he him. He had either. no <laughs> fat on him. <laughs> so he was, but like I read about his nutrition and all of that. And I mean, that was back before nutrition was like what it is now right so and I, that's it was it was interesting but i was reading about that and then his um just his like mindset yeah and how that plays into a lot of mma not not all of them but a lot of like mma training and then that plays into his jeet kundo as well so anyway on may 10th 1973 they collapsed during an automated dialogue replacement session, which is dubbing. ADR. Yeah. Um, for Enter the Dragon at Golden Harvest in Hong Kong. Suffering from seizures and headaches, he was immediately rushed to Hong Kong Baptist Hospital, where doctors diagnosed cerebral edema. Cerebral edema. I don't hmm. know what I just said. But is it edema? Is that bleeding? Is that what edema means? Edema is swelling. Swelling, okay. And they were able to reduce the swelling through the administro- administration of mannitol. So I didn't know what mannitol was. So I looked it up. It's a precursor to hybridol. Mannitol is a sweetener that does reduce swelling. Hmm. But it's often given to diabetics. Anyway, the headache and cerebral edema that occurs in his first collapse later repeated on the day of his death. On July, I'm sure everybody listening knows he's dead, so that's not a spoiler. Dun, but dun, dun. on July 20th, 1973, Lee was in Hong Kong to have dinner with actor George La- Lazenby. George Lazenby. I don't know who that is. I think he was one of the James Bonds. Well, he intended to make a film with him. Like, that's why he was there. 
And according to Lee's, Lee's wife, Linda, Lee met with producer Raymond Chow at 2 p.m. at home to discuss the making of the film Game of Death. Raymond Chow, you know who that is, right? No. He's, he's big, big time responsible for the Ninja Turtles movie. Oh, no. Har- Harvest, yeah. I can get it back, I can get it back. Yeah. They worked until 4 p.m. and then drove together to the home of Lee's colleague, Betty Ting Pai, a Taiwanese actress, and the three of them went over the script at Ting's home, and then Chow left to attend a dinner meeting. Later, Lee was complaining of a headache. This is only two months later, so I can tell you right now, if you complained of a headache two months after your brain was swelling, I would just take you to the hospital, just so you know. You can't even complain of a headache at that point. Um, Ting gave him a uh, painkiller. So this is some rando actress. Gives him a painkiller quil- pain called Equengzik. Sure. I'd never heard of it. Me neither. But it <laughs> contained both aspirin and the tranquilizer Mepromate. Me- it's a tranquilizer. Pro- yeah. It's not, it's not great. <laughs> So around 7.30, he then went to go lie down for a nap. And then he did not. A Heath Ledger-style nap. He did not come down for dinner. So Chow came to the apartment and was unable to wake him. A doctor was summoned and spent 10 minutes trying to revive him. Then sent him by ambulance. Man, I was really lied to by dragging the Bruce Lee story movie. Anyway, go on. (laughs) There was no visible external injury. However, autopsy reports showed that his brain was considerably swollen from 1,400 to 1,575 grams. That's a 13% increase. Wow. The tranquilizer was found in his system. And um, Chow, who essentially gave him, or the, wait. Chow, Ting, Chow, Ting gave it to him. Chow, Chow, who was the director, sorry, stated that he died from an allergic reaction to the tranquilizer. Hmm. So the official cause of death that is on his his death certificate is death by misadventure. Misadventure. Erg. I die from that a lot in Halo. Wonder if that's is a... that like when you fall off the end of the world? Yeah. Like or evil sometime. genius died back, from back back in the day. The map used to like end, and <laughs> you would like fall. You'd be in a building, and then when you die, and it would actually show you dying like in space. And it's like, but I was in a room. <laughs> <laughs> fall through the geometry of the level. So what did the Bruce Lee movie say he died? It's like, been a long time, but they it was again. It's a movie. It's very dramatized. So it showed him so, filming Enter the Dragon. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it'd be pretty boring if they just show him going to sleep. Yeah, like, that's not what happened at all, man. Like he was Olympic like reaction trank nap. He was fighting like an evil Bruce Lee in his when he was filming Enter the Dragon. Like, but he wasn't <clears throat> like when he was doing the mirror scene. And huh? you haven't seen Enter the Dragon. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh well, in in the move in the. In, in the Dragon the Bruce Lee story movie, they acted like he was, like, fighting his inner demons Oh, while he was filming this. No, he had a headache. And then Probably, yeah, some chick, gave him, some chick that, gave him some medicine, and it turned out he was allergic to it, and he hit one anaphylactic brain swell. Man, the chick from Dumb and Dumber played Linda. You know what I'm talking about? No. The chick from Dumb and Dumber. 
I don't remember the one that is. they're fighting. Oh, over. that chick, Lauren yeah. Holly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember her. I remember that. And then Jason Scott Lee played Bruce Lee. Would have been great to have Brendan Lee, but I don't know if we talked about that. He's uh, super dead. Yeah, and I think this came out after Brandon Lee passed, but I, I have to double check. So. Yeah. So he, Man, there wasn't sad. any of that. There wasn't any like inner demon bullshit. It was yeah. uh, he he was prone to brain swell, and then. Yeah. And then he took medicine that... I never researched it, though. It's weird. I just today researched randomly. I was like, why the fuck are the Cleveland Browns called the Cleveland Browns? Because it's a terrible name, especially... For a terrible team. In today's world where brown just means shit, right? You got the brown sound. You got the brown note. You have all these things that just reference shit. Yeah, but brown sound is actually really good for um, concentration. The brown sound. Like, you know, there's white noise, brown yeah. noise. Brown noise is well, the really brown good. note is something that they play that like induces nausea. Brown noise yeah. is like pink noise. Like brown noise can get you. OK, anyway, <laughs> it sounds funny. It's all poo. Uh, so, yeah, they're named after Paul Brown, their first head coach. And it was a vote. It was a fan vote. And that's what so. Like Cleveland Browns fans okay, Cleveland. decide, I, and I don't know what the other options were. I didn't dig into it further than that, but okay, they were like Brown. Yeah, that's my team. Call them the Browns. So set it this, up. Just fucking set it up. Set up those expectations, man. Yeah. Fucking. Okay, boomers. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the best they could do back then. And again, I don't know what the alternatives were. Maybe they were awful. Maybe it was like the nope. Cleveland shit stains and they were like, you know what? We'll just go with Browns. That no. sounds way better. No, you made your fucking bed. Lie in it with your <laughs> shitty fucking But team. yeah, it's almost like they cursed them from the get go. Yeah. Like, oh, Paul Brown was their first coach. Brown. That's so if his last name was Smith, would they be called the Smiths? Would they be called the Joneses? It's stupid. It's a stupid well, way to go. At least if they were the Smith, they could have like an old timey blacksmith. They could do a blacksmith dude. thing, right? Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a little like something. A, something. The like. Humperdinks. <laughs> Cleveland Humperdinks. Woohoo! I don't know what a Humperdink looks like. Uh, I'm guessing uh, it's penis shaped, whatever it is. <laughs> Engelbert slapped you back or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Nah. Nah, bro. Alright, so leading up to how we didn't we didn't do a Halloween we episode. Didn't, yeah, we skipped Halloween because But I was I was gonna do this topic, but this is this is year round anyway, because it's not really Halloween themed, it's just kind of based on horror movies but leading up to halloween i was watching a lot of horror movies we were watching a lot of horror movies together and i we just were watching a horror movie an hour ago and it's were not we? oh well yeah well that's because i was working on this stuff uh anyway but especially during october I was, I was watching a lot of stuff and i got back into one of my favorite franchises one that i think is is kind of passed over when people talk about great horror franchises I think it deserves a little more love and attention. And that is the Child's Play slash Chucky uh, series or franchise. I, I love all those movies. And, and different. And, I mean, there's weaker ones and, and there's really good ones and they, they run the gamut. But I, I think the reason I one of the reasons I love that franchise is because the creator of it, whose name is Don Mancini, has been with it from the get go. And it's like, it's his baby. Almost everybody else who has created horror characters, they're out after one, right? Like Wes Craven, 
He did the first Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think he produced maybe three, but he didn't direct it or anything. And then he came back for New Nightmare. Same thing with like Friday the 13th. He had like Sean S. Cunningham and and I think Steve Miner. I forget the other guy's name, but you hit add some people and then it just can't gets handed off, passed around. Same thing with John Carpenter and Halloween. He he did producer type stuff on like the next two movies and then he was out, came back years later. Uh, they don't seem to really care about their creations, but Don Mancini cares about Chucky. And aside from being the creator, he's he's worked as a screenwriter on every single movie. He's directed the last three movies as well as written them. And I think he's really adept at taking Chucky in new directions. Mm-hmm. So the, the first three movies were were very similar. And he wanted to do another one and he took it in a different way. And I think that's great. He adapted his own character. Uh, anyway, so I love the franchise. So, so let's start at the beginning. The original movie was called Child's Play. It arrived in theaters in 1988. It was a horror movie with a very simple premise. What would happen if you had a two and a half foot doll that was possessed by the soul of a murderer? <laughs> what like, would happen? Right. What would happen if fucking my buddy came at you? So Don Mancini was inspired by a couple of things. One of the things he was inspired by was an episode of the Twilight Zone called Talkie Tina, which I'm guessing is a, you would you know Twilight Zone a lot better than I do. So I don't know if you know that one or not or if you can remember it, but I'm guessing it's about a doll. Mm-hmm. And he realized that the killer doll trope had been done in anthologies, but never as a feature length film. So he was also amused by the hysteria surrounding the Cabbage Patch Kids. And he wanted to make a movie that was kind of a dark satire about how marketing affected children. His dad also worked in marketing, so he was. But like Cabbage Patch Kids were in the 19, they were like 1984. Oh, I guess 86. OK. Well, no, the movie came out in 88. And then, oh, yeah, but 88. again, he's inspired by just because the movie came out in 88 doesn't mean the wheels weren't turning. Yeah. Three or four. It could take forever to get a movie. And made. then also it looked like my buddy. So. Right. And I'm guessing he took he, later inspiration right. from there. That makes sense. So he came up with the story, the basic story. He has a story credit in the first movie, and then he shares a screenwriting credit with a guy named John Lafia, as well as the director of the movie, Tom Holland. Not the Tom Holland. Spider-Man wasn't alive yet. Not the young Tom Holland who plays Spider-Man now, obviously. But I want to clarify that anyway. He wasn't alive yet. There was no way. So the movie came out November 9th. Oh, we're coming up on an anniversary here. Oh. November 9th of 1988. So would that be like a 31 year anniversary? Mm -hmm. Uh, Had a production budget of $9 million. Wowee. And again, horror movies were made super cheap back then. And the doll animatronics aren't bad for. Yeah. And, and what I realized watching it now is they leave a lot to, to your that. imagination. They, they do. do a lot of stuff where you see things moving, not necessarily a doll or you see shadows. Yeah. Or you, you see point of view of the doll. And it's really clever way to, to work with your budget. But it ended up grossing just over 44 million. So that's a great return on a nine million dollar movie. It is. And pretty standard. Uh, from when we were watching the Crystal Lake Memories with Friday the 13th, it seemed like a pretty standard trade-off. You, you do a movie for around $10 million or less. 
you typically made back between 30 and, and 40 million. And that was that was great. It was, yeah. it was relatively cheap for the studios. It was fast. So uh, the film gained a cult following, had you know great success. It spawned six sequels. Yes, there have been seven Chucky movies. They had merchandise, comic books, and then earlier this year they had a remake, which I have not seen yet. I will see it eventually. I am in no hurry. I will explain why later. So at the time when the first movie came out, it was distributed by MGM, although the rights to the series were then sold to Universal in 1990, right before they started working on Child's Play 2. So MGM retained the rights to the first film, and so they distributed this new Child's Play that came out earlier this year. Oh, so okay. let's get a little into the era, because if, if you're not a horror movie person, and, and most people aren't, and if you're not a child of the 80s, which who knows how many people listening are or aren't. But either way, I just kind of want to get into that era. So the 80s were huge when it came to these character based horror movies, uh, kind of referencing what I said earlier. But you had Freddy Krueger, you had Jason Voorhees, you had Michael Myers. These were all very popular, especially Freddy and Jason. They had merchandise in toy stores, mm-hmm. which it, it's funny to look back on now that's just that still blows me away that you could buy you know in kb toy stores they also had the serial killer weapons and you know child murderer freddy krueger you could buy his weapon that's just <laughs> there's just something very funny about that we have a good guy doll out in the garage we do we, we do have a, a full-size chucky out there uh all right so lost my spot where am i you're uh, talking about kb toys like KB it's to- fucking oh, i love kb toys that's yeah. kb toys so the first time I watched this movie, and I'm 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 doing putting quotes around watched, because first time I watched this, I was because it was prob- on a black and white TV hiding behind no, 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 your no. sister's bed. It gets worse. Oh, <laughs> I was writing this, and earlier when I was writing this, I was laughing. I was like, Maggie's gonna rag on me so hard for my fucking here. Here comes another Sean story. It's gonna be like I was. I was fucking. It was like Gremlin style. I was like walking outside, seeing, looking in people's windows, <laughs> just outside somebody's yeah. big window. Yeah, just staring in at the TV. I wish no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the first time I watched this, I was probably about 13 years old. I don't remember exactly when. And uh, I was at a neighbor's house and they had cable. And back then you had to have you had to have a cable box to have cable pretty much. So they had a cable box, but they didn't have the premium channels. They didn't have like HBO and Cinemax and stuff. Right. So what they used to do is they would scramble the, the channel. Do you, you remember scrambled? I remember scrambling. So I used to watch things scrambled too. Right. This is a child of the 80s thing very much, and even, maybe even 90s. So what they would do, for those of you who don't know, is nowadays if you don't get a channel, you, you just get like a message on your screen that says, you don't, you know, call your cable provider to get this channel, to get right. HBO, right? But back then, this stuff being relatively new, you would you would get the audio. You would get like the full audio of this channel. You would get the audio and then you would get like squiggly lines. A very distorted picture. Yeah. And usually and like black and white. Or like red and green. Like you would get like the RGB version. Yeah. And then but it would be like squiggled. It would be scrambled. And a lot of and just to add on to that. Uh, and I didn't do this, but only because I didn't have 
I, I wasn't able to because I, I, I didn't get TV till later, but guys would watch like porn, porn this way. Like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, they would just hear it and they would just have to imagine. And you could all but if you use your imagination, you could make out what was going on, kind of. But with porn, it would just sound like, uh, 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 like, right? Like, yeah, I don't know what that sound is. And then, you know, the. <laughs> but like, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's us doing porn stuff. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is going in a whole new direction. I like this. This is having a good time. All right. So, so yeah. I they, assume because the TVs were more bulbous back then. Yeah. Whenever I would try the, the to watch something TVs. scrambled. Yeah. I would always stand at an angle because I swear it was easier. Right, you would. You would adjust your position to be like you would try to yeah. find a way to make the lines go straight because they were all curved and weird. Would, it was, that's this is a child of the 80s thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So some of you might remember. Some of you might be like, what the fuck was wrong with you people? <laughs> some but, of you people but are some like, of you people were are, are like, hell yeah, I did yeah. that shit. People born in the I, 70s. I would and jerk 80s off to a scrambled TV symbol. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm got, talking about trying to watch movies that you really wanted to see and your parents wouldn't let you. Or you like, just didn't want to pay for premium channels even. Well, yeah, that too. But like I had cable in my bedroom and I would because. Because you're a rich kid. I didn't have. Kid. There was a period of time where I didn't even have a TV. Like as a family, we didn't have a TV. But then later my mom married somebody who had a job. <laughs> so I, we were able to do all that. Yeah. And then I got a TV in my room. So then I was able to like. But yeah, you'd stand at an angle. Because you'd yeah. be like, I'm pretty sure I can see things this way. Right. But like for me, it was like or, if I if or you I, like squint really hard. But like if I went over there, there was because my TV was like up on a TV stand. Yeah. Like I didn't have a chair or a seat over there. So I would just have to stand and watch the TV <laughs> <laughs> in my bedroom. <laughs> so everybody did some yeah. form of this. And again, the yeah. audio would come through clear. Yeah, you could hear it fine. It was yeah. Fine. So anyway, uh, so I, I sat there. Staring at this indiscernible image, just listening to all the dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Filling in the blanks with my imagination, right? <laughs> so there's Which a nowadays would be fine because everybody's staring at their own screens. So like you could have scrambled images and it would be fine if we just had audio. Because everybody's looking at their computer or their iPad or I mean all you need anymore is background sound. Yeah. So like oh anyway, I, I, miss I still like visuals a lot. I'm very much into to visuals. It's important to me. I could totally have scrambled images on my TV. I wouldn't even notice. Anyway, so the scene, there's a scene in the movie. So in, uh, maybe I should describe the movie for those of you who don't know. Again, Child's Play is about a doll who gets possessed by a killer and ends up at this. Uh, there's a single mom and her son and she, she gets the doll for him. And chucky starts talking to him mm -hmm. but not and now the doll talks the doll has like a hi i'm chucky i'm your best friend voice but and they don't show this till later they don't reveal this till later but there, there, it's clear that the doll is talking to andy not necessarily in that voice and nobody so all these terrible things start happening his babysitter gets killed this other guy's house gets blown up and Andy's always there. So this little kid, six year old kid is getting blamed for these heinous murders. <laughs> and of course, he's like, Chucky did it. Chucky said he was going to do it. And of course, obviously, every, every, no one believes him. Right. Everyone's like, OK, Andy. OK, so we need to get him mental help. He's become yeah. murderous and he's blaming this doll. But his, his mom loves him and desperately wants to believe him. And she there's a moment where she takes the doll and she's like, talk to me. 
say something. And then she kind of like gets a grip on herself. She's like, what the fuck am I doing? And then she like goes and gets the box. She's like looking at the box for some reason. And then batteries fall out. And I was able to make all this out from the dialogue. This is the, this is basically when I tuned I missed the beginning of the movie, so I didn't actually know why Chucky was alive. So wait, that, and she later says, and then batteries fell out. Right, well, no, and they, <laughs> they say it in that scene, basically. But yeah. Uh, and again, you could kind of make it out. So when <laughs> she also fucking narrates. <laughs> right. So when that that's a scene that really stuck with me. So when she discovers that this doll and then she goes over and opens up the battery compartment and there's no batteries in there. Children everywhere are getting out their goddamn screwdrivers and unscrewing the backs <laughs> of their dolls, making sure there's batteries in them. And that scene freaked me the fuck out because, like, that was the first time Chucky talks, too. And so his head spins all the way around. Yeah. And he talks in Chucky voice. Because she opens up the back to check for the battery port. And he says, and again, I'm like 13, and he's like, you stupid fucking slut, I'll teach you to fuck with me. And it's just, I was yeah. horrified. I was like, holy, and like in my mind, this was like the scariest scene ever, right? And then I saw the scene years later. It's, <laughs> and it's, it's not, it's not a scary scene. It's, it's, no. it's, it's, it's entertaining, it's funny, yeah, it's, it's shocking. Scary. scary is not something I would use to, but in my mind, I was like, <gasps> and but and it, I was enamored though. I, I love scary stuff as a kid. I was one of those kids that couldn't get enough of it. It turns out watching it like it's a radio show. <laughs> yeah. Very good. And also at the time, again, you know, being raised the way I was to, to believe in, in God and the devil and evil spirits, I thought he was like uh, possessed by by a demon or something. No, it's possessed by a serial killer. Don't. But yeah, but I hadn't seen the beginning of the movie. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Oh, I, okay. I came in late and I was trying to enjoy my scrambled child's play movie <laughs> at a neighbor's house where and they were actually my sister's friends. They didn't even want me there. All right. So <laughs> I, I had to be as low key as possible about this shit, man. I couldn't be like, when is this play again? I want to come over. Watch Child's Play on your scrambled TV signal. I want to come over and listen to Child's Play. On your floor model TV set, on your console TV <laughs> that is, is for whatever reason, is at the perfect height for like a two-year-old. Right. Never they understand why, sit around on the ground. why TVs were that low. So anyway, so I was inferring an awful lot during this viewing and making the movie like way fucking scarier than it actually was. Because it, it, although it was a horror movie, there was definitely that, that character That's horror. That's why books work. To, yeah, books yeah. can be way more effective because it you can get right to the core of what scares you personally. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, this was like scary as hell. And then you see the movie and it's it's funny. It just is. And it's intentionally so, too. I really like Chucky. and the That's what I wanted to get into. So I was like ragging on Maggie the other day and I'm like, oh, hey, you, you want to watch another Chucky movie? Or I don't know, remember exactly what I was saying. And she's like, yeah, I like <laughs> Chucky. She wasn't normally when I say shit like that to her. She's like, you were watching the Chucky movies. I wasn't watching them. I just happened to be in the room. But no, she's like, she's like number one Chucky fan now. Dude, like I w I've been working late trying to catch up on my work. And because I, you know, my computer was like, yeah, fuck yes, fuck your families. And I was like at one point during the week, I like stayed up and watched. Which one was it? Curse of Chucky? It was Curse of Chucky. I stayed up and watched Curse of Chucky. Like on my own, Sean's like, yeah, there was all this screaming. It was really affected my sleep. I was in, yeah, he I had went to like, bed. He had like, you know, he had surround sound and he had the volume up and I didn't change any of it. And I just stayed up until like 3 a.m. watching Curse of Chucky. And when you're not watching a horror movie and you're just hearing it, you realize how much screaming there actually <laughs> is. And you're trying to sleep and it, the whole time it's just, ah! <laughs> But if you're watching it, it's okay. When you're just hearing screaming, it can be unsettling and make it hard to get restful sleep. 
Well, you know, that's on you. So you, you mentioned earlier that the doll is based on a, what was it? My a buddy. A then popular buddy. Uh, kids doll aimed at boys called My Buddy. Wherever I go. And he's he's goes. almost a direct copy of My Buddy. Like people he put is. that together right away. So this doll, though, uh, Steve had one. Uh, I had a kid sister. Which came out later. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but it's the same idea. And then I had a cricket. Um, so Steve had one and the, the doll wasn't scary looking at all. No. But this movie just put a different spin on it. And it became like creepy, and we that like fucked up the fucking. Yeah, they ruined my buddy with child's play. Uh, so I just want to touch on some other things. So the, throughout the entire series, all seven movies, Chucky is voiced by actor Brad Dourif. Yeah, you might know him as Grima Wormtongue from the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, it's particularly Two Towers, I think, is when he. He's... You might also know him as. One of my favorite movies, Urban Legend. He is oh the, the gas station attendant. the gas station attendant right. Yeah. But anyway, he is he is fantastic as Chucky. He really is. He just is. He brings so much personality and character to that fucking doll. One of my favorite lines is from Cult of Chucky. And that's the most recent one. That's the most recent. It's on Netflix. And he's (laughs) he he has he has this encounter with the schizophrenic woman because it's in a like mental institution. And for like the criminally insane. And He's like, he has this whole encounter with her. And then he's like, he's trying to explain, like, I'm a doll who's like going to kill you. Right. And then he's like, you know what? You're next. <laughs> yeah, because he walks up to her and, and she's schizophrenic. She's crazy. And she's like, can you see me? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, can you see me that I'm a doll with a sh- with a scalpel in my hand? And she's like, oh, no, you're not real and all this stuff. And he's getting pissed. And he's, he's asking where this one particular patient is. And. And because because this conversation gets pissed, he says, I just love his delivery. He's like, you know what? You're next. <laughs> I'm coming back. But yeah, it, it, it's just hilarious. He's got a hilarious delivery. Um, the best line in like the entire series. Yeah. Is like that. And he's just <laughs> like, like he has this whole conversation with her. And then he's like, you know what? You're next. And then he like leaves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then uh, the first three movies, I, I'd say very, they, they cover... They're all about Andy Barkley, and, and the whole premise is the reason that they cover this this six-year-old kid as he grows up is because he's told in the first movie that the only way he can get out of this doll body and back into a human body is he has to he has to be put into the body of the per- first person he revealed himself to. It's a, it's a horror movie, all right? It's going to be goofy. Yeah. So he, he needs Andy Barkley. So you got those three movies of a certain tone, and then they've kind of fell off. And then in the late 90s, they brought it back with Bride of Chucky. They brought in Jennifer Tilly mm-hmm. and they just took it in a, in a straight up comedy, horror it's comedy fucking, direction. It's fucking funny. Like straight up. Like the other ones definitely have moments of intentional humor. But the this one was just meant to be really funny. And it really was. And then Seed of Chucky took it a step further into Holy like really shit. weird humor. Like if you ever want to see. I don't know, a doll jerk off and then take a turkey baster and inseminate Jennifer Tilly <laughs> with his doll cum. This, this is the movie for you. While fucking John Walters takes pictures. <laughs> John Waters. John Waters. What yeah, did John I say? Wa- you said John Walters. Oh, I don't know who that is. No, John Waters. Yeah, John Waters. I don't is know who John it. Walters is. 
And th- that Sita Chuckie was ahead of its time. They had a they had a, a, a gender confused child. Yeah, they had. And this- they don't treat it. You know what I mean? They're not they're not shitty about it. They're not making. Well, I mean, Chucky does, but he's a murderer. He's going to make fun. But you, but the, the thing, well, the thing about Don Mancini, too, is he's one of the only uh, out gay writer, horror writers in Hollywood. There's not not a whole lot of them. Uh, so I think he's he's probably more sensitive to, to issues right. like that and he, is handling and he, the stuff like that. But he, he but he doesn't hand do it in some sort of heavy handed SJW type of way, though. Right. Either. He does it correctly. Well, yeah, I guess. I no, he, yeah, he, he's not he's not being uh, derogatory or anything like right. that. And it's all in good fun, basically. Uh, so getting back to the remake. So MGM owning the rights to the name Child's Play. I think that's why they switched from. So the last few movies have all just had Chucky in the name. The last four movies all have some very it's, it's Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. And only the first three movies have Child's Play. And I'm, I'm guessing it has something to do with the rights. And so MGM decided to do the remake, which I haven't seen. So I'm not going to say it, it honestly doesn't look bad to me. Uh, like it just as a movie, if I'm being objective, I think I could possibly enjoy it. However, I am. I'm but just a Don Mancini fan. I'm a Brad, Brad Dura fan. No. So no, here's so this is what I was going to get into. So that's not they, Chucky. They offered Don Mancini an executive producer credit, which I believe entails a little bit of money. Right. Yeah. If you're going to put your name on it and he declined it. He's like, I don't want anything to do with your child's player Chucky movie. He's like, I have my own thing going on. And then they asked Brad Dourif to do the doll. And he said, fuck you. I don't know that he actually said that, but he was also uh, wanted to be uh, loyal. Thank you. He wanted to be loyal to Don Mancini, which that's got to speak to Don Mancini's character. Jennifer Tilly has showed up. She's been in pretty much every movie since the fourth one. Uh, Again, I'm just thinking this. literally every movie. And yeah. then on top of that, the last two movies have featured Brad Dourif's daughter in in the starring role. Fiona, yeah, Fiona Dourif, I believe is her name. Yeah. And so I, I just get the vibe that this guy's he, he's like the Adam Sandler of horror. You know, he's going to bring in his friends and he's going to give them parts. Brad Dourif's daughter looks just like Brad Dourif. She really does. And she's a great actress, though. She, I think she does a really good job. It's does. not just like a nepotistic kind of thing no, either. She can really, actually she's act. Really good. So what? She's in other things. Like I went and looked at her IMDb. Is she? It's not like it's not like this is. All I don't she know does. her from anything else. I just yeah. I just know her from the Chucky movies. No, she does other stuff. She just also does this. So what is Chucky after the? So the last two movies were straight to video. Well, the, the, and then and the most recent one was straight to video and straight to Netflix, and now. They're developing a Chucky series for sci-fi. That's what Don Mancini and and they're going to continue the story there. And that's another reason why he didn't want anything to do with the remake is he still has plans for Chucky. And I can't wait to see what's in store because I think, again, this franchise has had its ups and downs. It is silly fun, but it's also gory. It, it, it hits a lot of great notes for a horror fan, especially one from the 80s. And, and it, it's worth checking out if you haven't. And you, it's, it's one of those movies you have to go into with a certain mindset, though, because I, I think one of the things that can't help but cross your mind, even for me, is it's a two and a half foot doll. Yeah. Just kick that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But they do a pretty good job of setting up a lot of the kills. So it makes sense. But sometimes when they're like fighting the doll, you're like, OK, wait a minute. I think it's two and a half feet tall. You can do this <laughs> like you got this. Yeah. A lot of the time it's like, come on now. But then the other ones, like when they like when they electrocuted the one chick in one of the movies, like things like that. 
But, and, like, and then the, the other thing, too, is that until he reveals himself, everybody just thinks he's a fucking doll. Right. And then nobody believes. So you he has think, that advantage. But you then, don't think you're in danger. Right. So it, it works on that level. Like your guard is down. You're just hanging out. Right. So well, there's one scene in um, Curse of Chucky where this dude gets run over by a wheelchair that's going like no miles per hour. Oh, yeah, he gets hit and by a wheelchair. Gets, he goes flying and gets knocked unconscious. It's like, ah, that was just for. Yeah, it gets pushed from about three feet away from him. And the dude, the dude goes flying and falls <laughs> unconscious. It's and it's like, much. it's like, OK, that might have hurt your shin a little bit. Right. Like and you, you might ow, fall forward you and that? be like, oh, oh, my God, there's another scene. You should really watch Curse of Chucky because there's a scene where this axe goes into the shin. Oh, my God. The axe in the shin. And then when what? she's trying to pull what? it out. And then, yeah. And she's oh. she can't feel her legs. So she's like, whatever. I need this axe. And she right. starts trying to pull it out of her shin. And it's like, that one is hard to watch. So gross. Yeah. But I like Chucky movies. I don't care. <laughs> that just that blew me away, though, because that's not that's not your personality. Normally you, you mock whatever I'm watching or whatever kick I'm on. You're typically not on board with it. But these just sucked you right in, man. They just they have a good nature to them. Yeah, I know that seems kind of weird to say movie movies about horror and nah, murder, they're, but they're they're good natured. They're fun movies, and Maggie is she's like yeah she's Chucky fan number one now. I like them. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Get the Maggie stamp of approval. Yeah, I like I like Chucky. I like him a lot more than I remember liking him. Yeah. When I saw Child's Play, I think I only saw one and two as a kid. Okay. And like I like it a lot more than I remember liking it as a kid. Yeah. Like a lot more. Like, yeah. That's, that's a that's a good time. I think, there. I think adding Jennifer Tilly was a really good move because that it really, really was like she's a she's a really good compliment to to the Chucky character. Right. Or yeah. Like it, how it's played and all of that. Like she's a really good compliment to it. So, yeah, I think that's everything. And truly and truly funny and, and self-aware because a uh, not, not all movies do well when they when they try to go after humor, especially horror movies. And I, I think, again, a lot of it just has to do with the fact that Don Mancini, it's it's his baby. And I should mention David Kirshner, too. He was actually the producer from day one. He's still producing the movies. So he's helping to get those made. And that that's that's just really cool to me across seven movies. And next, you know, they're, they're working on a TV series. They now and, and honestly, maybe it could just be that, like, this is his cash cow and but at the same time, I, I don't know. He could just like he could have got that executive producer credit. So I don't think that's it. Yeah. You know, he he could have branched off and maybe made royalties some other way. But he seems to actually really care about the direction of it. And I, I just that, I think that's really cool. And I'm, I'm sure that's not surprising for our listeners if they listen to us for long at all and how I feel about comic book creators and and especially independent comic book creators and, and how much they actually care about their creations. And I, I just I admire that, basically. Yeah, it's really cool. It's cool to actually have integrity and right. And you're not just interested in selling this property off and starting a new one necessarily. Not that there's anything wrong with that either. I don't have anything wrong with that. That's fine too. Well, I think it's fine to a point. Yeah. But like you've come this far. Yeah. No, at the end at this point, but yeah, he, he really saw that franchise through. And I, I think that's one of the reasons it's endured in any capacity. Yeah. So, all right, cool. All right. Yeah. That's it for this week. Uh, Thanks yep. for thanks for coming back after our, our little break. 
Dude, should do more breaks in the week. future, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like I think that we're going to start scheduling nice. some breaks. Right. Why not? I got to tell you. Other people do seasons and stuff, and we have enough of a backlog that we can put up the occasional old episode. Yeah, we're also revamping how Patreon works. Yeah. So we'll have to tell you guys about that. We're going to one in five tiers, and that's pretty much it, because we're not doing video anymore. We don't have time for that. And it's a lot of... Uh, we're trying to come up with, with a video that's worth it. It is it's hard yeah and <laughs> it's, we, it's we hard. genuinely don't have time for it yeah. and uh the other part is that we um not only do we not have time for it but we don't have um enough people who will who will do that right. to make it to make worth it, worth, it worth our while basically because it's financially not a great decision on our side to put our <laughs> right. money to put our time there so but yeah. Yeah, that's that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Bye.